This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Hey Ducks fans, we're back. It's a uh, seven-game point streak for Jacob Silverberg, and that's all the good news I got for you tonight. Yeah, that game sucked. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was good if you're if you're rooting for the tank. Uh, yeah. The Ducks fall to the Coyotes six to one, which was kind of a brutal score. Despite out shooting them thirty eight to twenty four, the shots are misleading and mistelling because uh, I don't think Darcy Kemper had to make more than like two good saves all night tonight. It felt like to me, maybe three. Yeah, yeah three, maybe four. He had some that he had to do, but. Uh... He's a big guy, so a lot of times that makes it look a little bit easy. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, a game full of uh, almosts. Uh, the Ducks almost created good chances, almost had goals, almost carried the play, but uh, just off, just a little bit off for most of the game. So that kind of made it a little boring, a little uh, little odd to watch. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that so <laughs> it's uh, it's Pat and Jason. We are the California kids taking over the podcast tonight. No Canadian on the show. Eddie Good. is uh, is trekking his way to Nashville to be <gasps> oh, there for defecting? school. He's he's there for a week. So we're taking over the show, man, for the next four games without Eddie until he actually gets here. He's deciding to defect from the podcast yes. <laughs> um, or from uh, Canada. Maybe we can trap him here. I don't know. Yeah, he's got a claim asylum, I believe. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's on the run from the Mounties. <laughs> <laughs> For having bad internet is his crime. Yes. <laughs> um, so this this game um, was one of, of particular interest to me because I thought it was going to be more competitive. Uh, the, the Coyotes are clawing into the, trying to claw their way into the playoffs for the first time in six seasons. I mean, after they went to the conference final seven years ago, they like fell off this massive cliff and hit like 50 points after going for 97 the year they made it. And the broadcast showed that. I was like, holy hell, I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. about that whole thing where they actually were decent for a year. Um, yeah. And then they crash and burn. So I thought, okay, cool. They're on their way up. They're trying to claw their way in. The Ducks are trying to play maybe spoiler because they really can't think they have a chance at making the playoffs. And if it was any indication tonight, uh, the Ducks really felt like they maybe had Carlisle behind the bench because I don't know, man. I don't know. It was, it was a tough uh, go, and not so much that. Uh, there's yeah, a number of a, things that went wrong. They, a, a number of things went wrong. If I if yeah. I should add that, 
Ryan Miller had a tough game. The offense couldn't really convert except for essentially the taint of Jacob Silverberg <laughs> deflecting the a puck, puck in. Yeah, a puck kisses his taint and somehow goes it's, in. And they give it to him. It's just such a <laughs> such a such a weird game for Anaheim. After I mean, what was a really strong performance against the National Predators? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this one, you know, they're going on the road, um, you know, but not that far on the road if they're just going to Arizona. But it's a first game of a back-to-back on the road. And they got to go out to Colorado. Uh, but, I mean, it, it didn't look like the team was tired, um, you know, to your point where it's it's not really like the Carlisle effect. Uh, the fact that they were out shooting an opponent uh, right there tells me already that they're much better than uh, if it was Carlisle behind the bench. It was just, it was misses, and we've seen that from time to time, and every team has that, where it's just, for whatever reason, the one step behind, the, the puck's in the feet, it's not on the tape, um, and, you know, just missed connections on uh, a lot of plays. So the offense really wasn't there, and if the Ducks aren't really there on offense, and their goaltender is average or human, then they're, they're in a lot of trouble. They rely heavily on that, that goaltending to give them confidence and to obviously keep the score close. Yeah, and, you know, the score was definitely not close tonight. It got way out of hand in the third period. Uh, Vinny Hinestroza with a hat trick tonight. Two power play goals and one even strength thanks to Nick Ritchie. I mean, my God. What yeah, give, yeah, give I mean, that I mean thank God they weren't fighting for a playoff <laughs> spot, and that was a win they needed. That was brutal. Um, yeah. Getting to the pregame notes, Ryan Miller makes a start. I, I like mm-hmm. this. I really like this. I mean, Miller – and, and Gibby is sharing time now. Gibby coming back. Maybe they're slowly bringing him back into a rotating schedule. Or maybe they're doing the smart thing. It's the end of the year. We have no chance in hell. F it. Why, why break him again before we go to the offseason? How, how do you feel with the goaltenders? I mean, you're the goalie. I mean, do you have any problem with how they're lining this up? I mean, you kind of like how they're giving Miller some starts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, heading into this uh, game, or actually heading into the Nashville game, it was the Ducks in Nashville that had played the most games in the entire NHL. Um, and so now you take away from that, they played two days ago in Nashville. Now they're going to have back-to-backs. That's three games and four nights, two of them on the road. You've already played the most games out of everybody. Yeah, let's. you're going to separate that a little bit. Uh, maybe give you know Gibby that extra night off. Uh, have them try and play in Colorado. If they can even make it there, they said on the broadcast the winds are crazy in Colorado, and so they've been shutting down flights. We'll even see if they have to reschedule that game. But, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make any difference. If, if both goalies are healthy and good and you got three games and four nights, you're not going to play one goalie unless you're really not confident about the other goalie or you really feel that you need these points and you need Gibson, your ace, in there. But Miller is more than capable of winning games either way, just – just wasn't his game tonight, and uh, neither was the, the offense either. No, it was just brutal for him tonight. It, I mean, yeah. it was honestly brutal to watch Miller tonight have a bad game because he doesn't have a stinker all that often. He did but... have one really awesome like stick save, at least in the second, oh I on think the it on was. the Keller redirect on that ridiculous yeah. aerial sauce feed <laughs> on the power yeah. play. Uh, we'll so get... so he, he had some stuff, but he, he definitely had soft goals, and, and that'll happen. You can't you can't pitch a shutout every single game for you know the entire season you're gonna have bad games where you struggle you have to fight try and fight through it yeah and, and i think like the first goal that goes in was probably one we can talk about here in a second because that's we'll kick off our show yeah. but i want to get to the starting lineup really quick um as what's become commonplace since his thousandth game since the last time the ducks by the coyotes mm-hmm. ryan kessler is out of the lineup he's scratched along with brendan gooley uh gooley 
I haven't heard any word, man. Have you seen anything? I've been asking Eddie every night, like, mm-hmm. where the hell's my update on this guy? Like, I was super yeah. stoked to get him for Montour. Is it a head injury? Is it a hand injury? Is he doing coke? Is it like, <laughs> is it is it something we don't know what's going on? Is it rehab? Like, where'd this guy go? Yeah, now I'm I'm a little lost too. Um, like, typical Ducks fashion, it's it's pretty hush hush. They don't. Uh, reveal it until you know the play usually <laughs> but uh, i thought there was a little update in that uh Gouli was uh doing a little bit better because i think i think eddie posted something today or, or no it was eric stevens who posted it and i think we retweeted it um where he's he's skating i believe or seems closer i don't know if he was actually skating but seems a little bit closer to the lineup but who knows what that is at this the, point the mystery in this league over injuries, especially when your team is far out of the playoffs, is just baffling. Just say yeah. it. What does it yeah. matter? It's it's we're, we're eleven games away from from not having to, well now ten games away from not having to worry about this season anymore. And they're like, oh yeah. well, he's close. We don't want to say what happened to him. It's very very close. Yeah, yeah I, for me, I, I stopped wearing a long time ago when I uh, embraced the tank. So. Oh, it's such a warm <laughs> feeling, right? Like except when you're watching the game at the game. Like, I have no problem. Let's get to this before we get to the game. Because let's be honest, guys. Like, we're going to talk about six Coyotes goals, and I'm going to tear apart Ryan Miller, and Jason's going to come back at me. That's kind of how this is going to go. And we'll, yeah. make, we'll make quick work, That's our dynamic. Uh, quicker work of it. Yeah, it is our dynamic. But let's be honest, man. Like, anybody who embraces the tank, I know I have, and it's mm-hmm. hard to embrace the tank. It's not fun. And it's easier when you're at home. Like, I'm at home, and I'm watching this game with my wife and my kid. We're all watching the game together, and I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like, oh, yeah, not a big deal. No, I watch yeah. the goal. Are you kidding me? What were you doing? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not a big deal. If I'm at the game, and they're losing, I'm like, why am I here? Why yeah. did I spend so much money to watch you guys lose? I paid $20 to park. I paid fifteen fifty for a Sierra Nevada three times. So I'm like $80 into the tank here at this point. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah. so much harder. It, it, it was relieving once I realized that, hey, I don't have to try and figure out what they can do to make the playoffs. I just have to go, well, I hope they work on some things and we'll see. You know, I want some inspiration heading out of the season. And once you just realized that the playoffs were a foregone conclusion, it was uh, it was a lot easier to kind of watch games. Still not fun when they lose, for sure, and I want them to do well, but uh, being realistic about it, too. There's no way at this point the best they could do is 85 points. No one's making the playoffs with 85 points. No, that's brutal, and they're not even going to hit that, man. I, I called them below 80, yeah. and everyone laughed at me, but uh, nah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's going to be a problem here. Um, let's get to the game, Jake, because I do have some positive stuff I want to I want to grab out of this because there is well, That's positivity. unusual. No, I know, and I have been positive. Eddie was caught off guard last time he and I talked about this. Just like, what like, what are we being? What, what are we, positivity? This is new path. What's going on here? So Kessler out, um, and I had a chance to talk to, to Eddie about this, dude. And you missed the show. Obviously, we trade off here How, real quick. Uh, what make what makes you think that either Kessler's going to come back or not come back? Do you have any sort of side opinion on that? Uh, yeah, real quick, uh, money would probably be, uh, his major reason of coming oh, back. Oh, a measly little uh, $18 versus, million. Dollars. Yeah. So, uh, versus you just walking away from that's probably not ideal. Uh, also very prideful person, uh, and wants to compete. I think he's a little bit at the realization that his role is going to be greatly diminished, or at least I hope he understands that. 
uh, he's going to have to be a specialist, and that's a face-off specialist, maybe an agitator specialist, but he's going to start getting fourth line, third line maybe. Like PK and, minutes, and, right? He's going he's to take penalty kill minutes. Exactly. I mean, so he, he's not going to get a whole lot, and uh, you know, depending on how his hip goes through the season, he, he may get games off where he's a healthy scratch just to rest it, you know, just to not push it. So if he's willing to accept that role, and I would think you know the money would probably say yes, but if he also feels like, listen – I'm not going to help the team, then, um, you know, maybe he walks away from it, but I don't see that happening. He's more likely for a buyout candidate than anything. Yeah, that's a tough one, too, because the Sam Willies don't like it. And uh, uh, we'll see how they how they go for that. Bobby said he's going to talk to uh, his owners here at the end of April, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so we're going to get to the game here right now, guys. I know we're a few minutes in, but it's tough to talk about a game that's a 6-1 loss. So uh, just – a little heads up, real quick, couple of notes. I'm not going to extend this further than we need to, but Patreon, if you guys want to hear us, we're doing four bonus shows. We got four coming up, actually, because we're going to cram four into three weeks, because that's what we do. <laughs> that's our, how pa- we do. our Patreon, you can find us on Patreon there. Um, it's for, it's uh, Puck Guys Forever Mighty or Forever Mighty Puck Guys. I forget the actual URL. It would help if I knew. <laughs> yeah. um, but you can find us on Patreon, and we do four bonus shows every month. We give away a, a really cool Puck bottle opener, which I would show you, but we're not doing YouTube tonight. Uh, it's very nice, and uh, we're also doing a watch <laughs> party. <our> for it. <laughs> doing a watch party here on the 23rd. I'm confirming all the details here with Craftsman Pizza and Brewery over here off Imperial Napama in Anaheim, your Belinda area. It's gonna be a good time. Ducks Kings next Saturday starts at seven o'clock. The party does. That's it. Let's get to the game. So, yes, I gotta ask you as, as a goalie here, buddy. Uh-huh. The Ducks mm-hmm. are on the power play for this first goal. Mm-hmm. Ekman, Larson, Ekman Larson comes in on a 2-1-2, takes a shot well above the faceoff circle. Yeah. This is a, supposed to be a routine save. This, to me, Jay, kind of set the tone for what is to be expected for the rest mm-hmm. of this game from Ryan Miller. If he does, You know what I mean? I just feel like a goalie, if he doesn't have a strong enough offense in front of him and that kind of goal goes in, that's pretty deflating to me. And then yeah. maybe deflating to the team because, as we saw, the shots didn't really indicate the chances. And then this this goal given up by Miller was kind of tough. Yeah, um, it's shorthanded. One thing about Arizona, though, is they score a ton of shorthanded goals. I believe that was their 16th on the season. Um, and this one was kind of played a little soft on the two-on-two. Uh, Ekman Larson does come in with some speed. Uh, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. This shot um, – was one that Miller I know should have had and was kind of surprised he didn't have because his reaction afterwards, uh, like it hit his glove and, and went behind him. But he st- he like looked around like what what wait where to go how did how did how did that go in <laughs> like he was almost as confused as everybody else and so uh, when it's Ryan Miller um, he's usually calm collected and he knows where the puck is at pretty much all times even when he shouldn't be the fact that you know he was a little bit looking around that that wasn't a good sign he's, he's usually on top of things and so yeah that that can be a little bit of an omen sometimes that just happens and he kind of gets himself into uh, a groove again and he's good to go uh but it was more foreshadowing this time of uh the play to come well, you know me. I, I couldn't go the whole sh- oh, the whole show being positive, and especially if I have a chance to uh, to be negative <laughs> I mean, with, with goaltending. With negative, <laughs> <laughs> then I just dove into positivity, and then I jumped right out of that into the pool of negativity <laughs> with Ryan Miller. Uh, Daisy yeah. in our speaker chat says, "We all know Jason would have had it." 
So oh, yeah, she's yeah. got faith in you, man. She's got faith in yeah. your beer league capabilities. So that's always yeah. A good well, thing. I I would have I would have dropped my glove and just caught it barehanded. That's how I do it. Or your teeth, like Ace Ventura with a bullet. You would have went. Uh, yeah. Just cut that. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be careful because I don't know if our, if you know if any of the young kids have seen Ace Ventura. You know what I mean? We're old uh, now. Yeah, mm, that is true. <laughs> Let's get on to the second goal. That was an ugly <laughs> one by Miller. One nothing. Coyotes. Ducks don't really have any sort of retaliatory attack after that in between the play. I kind of feel like like Arizona came back quick, and Demers is able to get one on, I don't know what the hell the Jones line was doing defensively on this play. Uh, and I say that carefully because Jones has been a beast, and mm-hmm. his any line he's been on has been good. And they were, in fact, the best offensive line tonight without scoring a goal. But besides the point, they all collapse in on the puck at the corner, and you know what? That kind of leaves the defender who's able to fly down from the from the uh, the high slot in the zone, and that was Demers. He's able to pick it. Of course, it hits Miller again off mm-hmm. the blocker and banks in. Demers is not known as a goal scorer, but he's able to make it two nothing here. Yeah, that was kind of a weird play. They kind of got about four Ducks players uh, between the hash marks and the corner. Um, and not, no one seems to pick it up or pick up the guy with the puck. Manson kind of recognizes that, and then he runs right to the front of the net. Uh, the problem is, is he's not really blocking anybody or covering anybody. He just stands directly in front of Miller. So when that pass happens, Demers gets it, takes a bit of a walk. The second uh, uh, Manson kind of realizes that, he goes, oh, crap. And then he kind of takes he, he like, I saw it on his face. He's like, oh. I got to get out of the way. So he takes a sidestep. Miller is able to see the shot, which would indicate that he should probably be able to save it. Once again, this is one of those things where if a goalie's a little bit off and he's not quite seen it, and then, uh, you know, Manson or another defender does something a little bit out of the ordinary or uncharacteristic, it can throw a goalie off. And uh, so it's still Miller's fault. Should have had that. Uh, But then again, he was wide open. He got to walk it in. And Manson provided a a pre-screen before the shot that could have kind of messed a little bit with uh, Miller's ability to track the shot so another bad one two two late goals and uh, you know I wasn't too too upset with how the Ducks were playing anyways like I said they were kind of getting chances the same as Arizona was and no one was really capitalizing on it and then once they had the the shorthanded goal and then this kind of defensive miscue and you can kind of see Miller's maybe a little bit off but I didn't feel they had a really bad first period it was just those two goals were kind of a a little bit deflating or a little bit of a dagger well you know what man i gotta tell you you get a lot more love in the speaker chat than eddie ever has i mean (laughs) bombay is usually here blowing eddie up here as a canadian so in our speaker chat uh bombay says that you're the goalie of the future and then Uh and then daisy says that you're a vesna candidate so clearly clearly people know your game even though you're injured uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, all that uh, credentials and all that uh, praise goes out the window if you watch me play Shell nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you called it Shell. You want to you want to be there with the kids. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they call it Shell or Chell or it's Chell. Know. It's Chell. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna call it Shell. <laughs> you can just do what you want. So yeah. the period ends two nothing. We go on to the second period, and that's where the Ducks are able to get their first goal of the night and the only goal. Which looked originally to be Devin Shore, but it turns out that Jacob Silverberg uh, unknowingly tipped it in with something on his uh, undercarriage <laughs> there on the way to the net. I mean, Shore with an—I know you want to laugh, but let me get this. Let me get this over with. Okay, Shore it. with the rush up the ice, he cuts to the middle, able to be in a position here. I like this play. A lot of players do it. Few are able to do this 
from this high up in the upper slot and get a nice shot away on the goaltender, uh, and it go in. Well, in, in Shore's defense, he had a, he had help. He had the mystery man fly in front of him, which was Jacob Silverberg. It goes off of the bottom of something of Silverberg. We we <laughs> believed it was the taint, and uh, clips him there. And Darcy Kemper didn't know what to do with it. Goes over the crook of the arm with the glove, and all of a sudden now we have a two one game. And that's where I was like. There's the turning point. Now we're yeah. going to have some closeness in this game. And yeah, <laughs> you know how the rest went. But how do you feel yeah. about this? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the Silverberg uh, sauce uh, kind of gave it a little bit of a, a change up on uh, uh, Kemper there. Kind of floats by him a little bit as it uh, toppled end over end. Uh, it was a good shot. I mean, sure, kind of got left a, a little bit alone in front there, but he also waited uh, and was, the you know, thought, hey, I'm going to shoot it through the legs of Silverberg. Thought he had it. Probably should have had it because I don't think Silverberg really did much of anything. That puck uh, was probably going to go in, <laughs> whether it uh, kissed the taint or not. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, same thing. It was kind of like, all right, well, now there's three fluky goals. Maybe this will be a game where just fluky goal after fluky goal, but both teams are going to get those bounces. So, yeah, same same as you. I, I felt they kind of locked out at the end of the first. This is early in the second. Maybe we're back in it now, and uh, this is something we can maybe build on or get back into it. We're only down by one, and this is a team we beat, you know, a week or two ago, three to one. So, yeah, you know, you, you would think there would be a turning point chance here, right? I thought mm-hmm. so, too, like I said. But just wasn't meant to be. But I got to give a shout-out to Devin Shore, man. I know that you've been watching these games, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's obvious to see the move of Devin Shore to center has really made him more noticeable. I like the fact that he's been at, at third pivot. It makes a lot of difference for him. Whether or not it's been, like, game-changing for the Ducks is kind of a foregone conclusion this season because we've all, like we already said, embraced the tank. But... Devin Shore's played a lot better game being uh, moved to center. Yeah, and you got to think that's got to be a little bit due to uh, Kessler uh, being injured. Uh, and they got to try and move pieces around. Uh, Shore getting a little bit more of a look at center and getting a little bit more chance. This is kind of that offense that we would uh, hope Kessler might have provided, hopefully, and our hopes against hopes. Uh, but Shore's got that. The other thing, too, as much as you maybe. You know, fans didn't want to see Cogliano go. Um, at least Shore is either going to he's going to create those chances, and either someone else is going to score or he's going to score. So I uh, think uh, that that was going to be his ninth goal. Now it's still stuck at eight, but it's noticeable. Um, and yeah, I like him in that position. It gives us a little bit more strength there, and uh, if he keeps uh, bouncing it off Silverberg's uh, nether regions. Then we got a whole whole streak going for him. So before I get to the rest of the goals here, man, you got some more love in the chat. Uh, chat says, <laughs> Jason is such a good goalie, he's going to stop Eddie from crossing the border. Uh, Jason could stop water from freezing. Jason could stop Getzloff from passing when he should shoot. And Jason could stop Getzloff from losing more hair. Uh, so there's a lot of lot of stuff that uh, people think you're capable of here. Yeah, I've got a weird niche in what I can stop. Uh, pucks aren't <laughs> seeming to be one of those. Uh, the one thing I can't stop from Getzloff is his double barrel snot rockets. That Ooh, man is, those is are uh, insane. a pro insane. at that. He's insane. It's gonna be. It's they're probably gonna collect a couple and putting them in the hockey hall of fame. I imagine that's probably I, gonna I be on display. So. I mean, yeah, you would you would have, gotta have to. I think it's all over the league in different rinks everywhere. He's, he's just leaving marks. He's just boom, boom, I'm out. They get so deep in the ice, they can't <laughs> zam him out. Zamboni can't reach. Yeah, it creates little craters and divots in the ice. And we've gone off the rails, everybody. And that's because <laughs> we, we lost 6-1. to one. Uh, Let's get to the third goal of the night. It'd be from Vinny Henestrosa. 
skates it up the ice, makes a move on Megna, then rips a shot that Miller probably wants back on the power play. It goes five-hole. The broadcast tried to say clip the stick or whatever. Even if it did, I don't believe, and yes, everyone knows I hate goalies, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that Miller would love that goal. He would. I don't think he would say he was beat. That somehow went five-hole on him. That was another bad goal. He just had an off night. Let's just yep. say that, right? I mean, you said it. Let's just admit it. He just didn't have his bad game night. tonight. wasn't his night. Yeah, I mean, there could have been a little bit of deflection. Um, if you kind of look at Ryan Miller's pads, he does do a, a little bit of uh, a shuffle. Uh, like, the shot comes uh, originally off of his stick. Then there seems to be at least a little bit of a deflection, nothing much. And there's a little shuffle in the pads. Of Ryan Miller, meaning that he was starting to track it one way, then noticed it, and he just he didn't get down quick enough. So he may have started to track it, and it froze him just a little bit, but he was just a little bit off. He did not get down in the uh, butterfly quick enough, and it was a shot that went right in the middle of that five hole. And so if you don't get it down quick, uh, those ones will go in. So yeah, you, you never want those ones to go in from that spot. Um, so another kind of one that, and you could tell by his reaction, it went in. He just kind of. Closed his eyes, threw his head back. He was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> he did the and old that, Jonas Hiller. Remember when Hiller would do that? Every time oh, he got he beat, he just throw his head back immediately. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, just so flip out. Once, once a goalie starts doing that, and especially since it was right after we kind of cut the lead in half, that's when I really kind of knew, all right, we, we might be in trouble. There's, there's, he's, his game is definitely off. He knows it. And that little uh, display there kind of lets the team know he doesn't have his a game so unless we were really gonna storm the gates after that uh i had a feeling this game was going to kind of go the way it did yeah that was a tough goal uh, we might as well just skip ahead here a little bit uh troy terry taken down on a partial breakaway uh, maybe the broadcast tried to say separation for penalty <laughs> shot i didn't see it i thought the trip was a good call i would like to see more offense and more penalty shots means more fun but uh, Ekman Larson was immediately in the faces of the referee there and was not about to let him call a penalty shot. So clearly yeah. he had some uh, persuasion going on for the Zebras. The Ducks would fail to convert. Go figure. How did you feel yeah. with that? Did you think it was a penalty shot? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it. It was kind of borderline. There was a there was some separation, but it was closed in really quick. So it's it's not like a full on one. I, I can see it usually if you're a, you know a full stride. If there's there's space between the the defender coming back and the guy with the puck, but it, it was all very close. So it could have gone one way or the other. Um, I would have liked to seen the penalty shot. Um, at the same time, Terry kind of went down a little bit easy, so I don't know if that also had something to do with it. It, it wasn't much of a, a trip. It just kind of maybe caught his leg while he was, you know, leaning on it as he was trying to make a cut move. So at that point, I don't I don't think like he took him down from being way behind and took him down. He caught up to him and then tripped him. So I, I feel when the trip actually occurred, there wasn't any separation between them. So maybe that's why they just called a penalty and not a penalty shot. Yeah. Either way, he didn't go the Ducks way. They couldn't convert on the power play, which is the broadcast has said had been hot. They're at 28% over the past several mm-hmm. games. Uh, not able to make that happen. And then we have the Miller save, my friend, on the penalty kill. Roundy goes mm-hmm. off for a slash. Miller makes the insane save. With his stick, diving yeah. over on a great pass <laughs> over to over to Clayton Keller, who taps that out yeah. of midair, which was which was phenomenal in its own, honestly. Yeah. But Miller does that whole holy shell, yeah. goes over with the stick, <laughs> is able to grab it, 
and then the puck comes out to the front, and Holzer makes a save. Luckily, he doesn't cover it in the crease, because I thought for a minute he did. Yeah, he might get that penalty, because that's an automatic penalty shot. Oh, yeah, that's instant, oh, hell, what happened? Um, Yeah. You know, but the Ducks able to kind of keep it close there, making it 3-1. Didn't really matter, because Henestrosa again would get another chance on the power play, and this time it would go off a skate, off a point shot, straight to him and that's the easiest (laughs) one-timer you see as a forward in the offensive zone he was able to make that chance convert miller had no chance on this one can't blame him there uh but at that point he already let in three softies but now it's 4-1 yeah that that one's uh one of those ones that just sucks there's there's no real way around it i mean the, the shot comes from the point um, they had a chance to, to get it out, and they didn't do it, and uh, that sometimes comes back to haunt you, and especially in a game like today where bounces aren't going your way, better make sure you get that puck out. And they, they were having a hard time getting it past whatever point, man, at any point in the game. They couldn't get it past the uh, the, the defenseman's uh, pinching in for Arizona. This one, yeah, hits off of uh, a skate, goes directly to, what's his name, Henestroza? Yeah, Henestrosa. Vinny Henestrosa. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah, I'm going to... You're so good with names. People don't Uh, know you from Puck Guys as much as they should with your names. They don't know you as much as they should. I I am god-awful, and I I make uh, no bits about it. I'm bad at names. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and then that just came right to a stick. I mean, the best thing he could do was just fire it right away, and that's what he did. And then he tried the best he could to get over, uh, but he was kind of dead in the water, and that thing deflected so quickly right to him, and it was just... You're down and out, and you just hope you might get it with your stick like you did that other one, but you're not counting on it. No, and you know, at that point, it was, it's it's 4-1. It's the end of the second Damn. period. Now, going into the yeah. third, the Ducks had to pull some ridiculous three-year-ago comeback kids <sighs> thing that we coined yeah. back in the day when it was fun to lose all the way till the third period because we knew the boys had some gas <laughs> left in them. Yeah. But uh, the, those days were long gone now, guys, and we know how the third period goes. Let's go, this pretty, let's go through this pretty quick. Yeah. Um, it just, Again, wasn't wasn't a bad period from the Ducks? No, from, not not uh, entirely mean, bad. You know, they they didn't push as hard to get as many great chances as I would have liked, but uh, you know, they just they weren't beating Kemper and they weren't really getting the chances, and then leave it to uh, Richie to to do something stupid. Before we get to Richie's bonehead oh, play, fine. well, no, we got to talk about Jones because <laughs> he's my boy, and uh-huh. uh, Jones, this kid, oh my god, if he converted on. Let's just say fifty percent of his opportunities in the high danger <laughs> yeah. zone, he would have like seven goals. He he's been killing it down low. He gets a chance here way down low in front of Kemper, and it's one of those old he hey, shot it in his glove moments where Kemper sprawled out, he reaches out with his glove on the side of the net. Jones yeah. isn't able to convert there. But I, I swear, man. That guy probably <laughs> goes to the locker and like just beats the hell out of something yeah. or breaks several <laughs> sticks. Because right. he deserves those goals. They're just not happening. It's just not happening right now for him. Yeah, yeah. And you feel for him because he is creating so many good chances. He looks so comfortable around the net. And for whatever reason, just another goal, he just seems to find a way to stop the puck. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. But, yeah, I was hoping for catch-up bottle uh, to happen and just, you know, unload goals after that. They still may come, but... Uh, uh, obviously, it's it's just staying out for whatever reason. The hockey gods really want to piss him off first before they start letting him get his due. Yeah, and you know, I got to say about Jones's game overall, I mean, that was quite the dive on the so-called, you can't see me, but quote-unquote hook that he had mm-hmm. on Goligoski. The second period, he went straight to the box for that, but Goligoski got his stick hooked, and all of a sudden his ankles broke. 
So yeah, his head, his head did a little flip like, back. Come it does a good job selling it, but it, it was a penalty. I mean, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I, I, I don't maybe. know. So <laughs> that's it for the Ducks. Henestroza is able to get the hat trick here because Nick Ritchie thinks it's a great idea to be facing his own goaltender on the half wall, and mm. why not throw a blind backhand up the middle? And, you know, that's the all-time, hey, you play peewee hockey? Oh, no, you don't? You play squirt? You play 10-year-old hockey? Oh, yeah, don't throw it to the middle. But he does. Yeah. And at this point, I guess it's a foregone conclusion as to what happens. Hinnestroza gets the hat trick. He walks in all alone and rips it bar down on on Miller, makes a 5-1. Yeah, Yeah, not much Miller can do on that one. Uh, It was a horrible turnover and pretty much the worst spot against a team that – really needs to win and, and shut you down so they didn't they didn't play all that uh bad until probably about the last minute of the game and uh that was the the catalyst right there and really i mean it, it was by that point it was less than a minute left the game was pretty much gone anyways the ducks hadn't done anything offensive uh, as far as putting a puck in the net so it just doesn't look good when you do something like that and it just really kind of <laughs> miller once again was like really all right that's how we're gonna end the game. Got it. All right, I guess that's how it's gonna be tonight, guys. I guess I, you know, just want, <laughs> I love to be hung out to dry. Um, yeah. And we get onto the Kempe goal, which I mean, the broadcast didn't even want to talk about it. I saw it go <laughs> in. They didn't want to review it. They're like, oh, we'll see how it goes. Like they just didn't yeah. care. Kempe yeah. taps it in on a two-on-one. That makes it six to one. That's the end of the game. Ducks drop it tonight. And you know what? I'm not all that upset about it because I wasn't there to see it. But. <laughs> uh, power to the tank we're embracing yeah. the tank yeah exactly you know um it wasn't it wasn't a horrible loss like i don't mind these losses where it looks like we're just off and uh maybe the goalie was off but i mean there was still some effort there was still some push they were still around unlike earlier in the season where there was nothing so i mean at least they they looked like they could have belonged they just the bounces didn't go their way everyone was just a little bit off today so the well, score looks a lot worse than it actually was I just went to a website for those of you who haven't been to it. I went to tankathon.com. Oh, that's a thing? It's great. Yeah, you get to either pick the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, or the MLB. And it's oh, awesome. What do you do? And you basically, do? <laughs> you, send, you send the lottery. It gives you the first 15 teams, your percentage chance of getting first overall, your percentage chance of getting top three, your current uh, streak, and your losing, uh, your last, or not losing, your last 10. So the Ducks. I've clicked it four times, and they, the highest pick they've got is fifth. So well, Ottawa well, has just, gotten it. Well, two just or three keep times. keep doing it a hundred more times, and I'm sure the highest you'll get is first. Oh, oh, I just got second twice in a row. See, there you go. I got third. That's got the stupidest first. website in the world. No, it's great because that's how the lottery balls work, my friend. It's oh all my random. god! Why it's would random. you do? Yeah, why would you do that? Because it's oh, yeah, great. Get, it's fun. I get to I, I get to participate in this. You understand me? Oh you know how long gosh. it's been. It's been since no. 2000 effing five since Sidney Crosby <laughs> came to the league with Bobby Ryan, and we got robbed of that. So we yeah. got to talk about that. Is this what an Oilers <laughs> fan feels like? Except a hundred million times uh, better because we won a cup in the last I don't know several decades. <laughs> I have no idea. They keep winning every lottery, so I'm sure they'll win this one. Oh, can you imagine if somehow oh, yeah. that they miss I the playoffs and then hop in? Can. Right now, according to Tankathon, they have a 5% chance to win. So we'll see how that goes for them. Yeah, make it 100% and then I'll believe that website. <laughs> so let's get on over to our post-game notes. We've got to talk about Jacob Silverberg. Eddie and I have talked about this, Jay. He's now on a seven, 
game point streak. He's got three mm-hmm. goals in his last three games, although mm-hmm. this one probably not intentional. Mm-hmm. I mean, most likely not intentional. I don't think he skated in front and said, hey, man, bank it off, bank it off me somewhere. <laughs> uh, just don't make it hurt. But uh, yeah. he, get, he gets the goal tonight. Jacob Silverberg, uh, it, it's tough because I said it on the last show. I'm not upset about how much money he's being paid. I'm just kind of upset that it's on my team. Meaning we have way too much cap that's already taken up by other people that makes this deal kind of tough. The guy's got 21 goals and 12 assists on the season. 21 goals in 63 games. If he's fully healthy and played 10 more, let's say he has two or three more, maybe he gets close to 25. Maybe he surpasses 25. We don't know. I mean, injuries affect guys differently and their rhythm. How do you feel about Jacob Silverberg right now? And do you have any sort of regrets on that contract? Are you okay with it? I'm absolutely okay with it. Unlike uh, you and Eddie, who uh, thought we could get a whole bunch of great assets for him that may or may not work out. I've been waiting for Silverberg to, to get that scoring touch. Um, I felt that the last couple of years under Carlisle's system uh, and his responsibility, I, I feel like he was part of that shutdown line with Cogliano and Kessler, and they were there to shut down the other team's top uh, line. And that doesn't give you a whole lot of opportunity for offense. He still created some, but he was always meddling around the 20 goal mark somewhere in there when we knew he had a very lethal and accurate shot. But it was never really let loose on any of that stuff. Never really got the top power play minutes or anything like that. Um, and even the first half of this season, um, leaving, leading the team with like 13 goals. But once Carlisle left and that system completely changed, now he's already from 13 goals up to 21 goals. I'm saying if this is the style the Ducks are going to play, and Silverberg's, uh, you know, you know, sticking with it and not having to be as, rely, you know, having to be relied on as much to shut down the other team's top players. He's getting way more chances offensively to really kind of show that. I don't see why he can't hit 30 goals. I think if this was the the way that they have been playing from the start of the season, we would be talking about 30 goal scorer uh, Jacob Silverberg right now, not 21. Uh, so I'm I'm completely fine with five million on a guy who can still be defensively responsible in his mid to upper 20s right now but can put in 30 goals i mean that's 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 something i've been waiting to to do and i'm I'm more optimistic now that we finally said done with carlisle let's go a new direction and look at how the offense is going now i mean it's you know tonight wasn't a very good example of that but that being said i think the style is far more open and far more offensive and i think that that bodes well for him and his goal total yeah it kind of helps when and this this is painful to say because i know that you and i and and ed have both we've all said that ryan kessler in his prime peak ryan kessler was the shit he was amazing Mm -hmm. we loved his agitation we loved the fact he got under people's skin we loved the fact he could score prevent scoring he was always in the mix but in this case it's nice to see Jacob Silverberg be able to break away from the Cogliano Kessler shutdown line. I know Cogliano's on Dallas now. Kessler's not playing. But now we're seeing a different utilization for, for Jacob Silverberg playing with younger players, faster players, guys who can create at the same time. And I think that's very helpful because Jacob Silverberg's ability to shoot the puck and get open helps create space for other players because people are expecting him to wire a shot. So if you put him with other people who have that same sort of skill set, now you're kind of like, okay, how do we match up against this guy? Are we going to worry about him shooting? Are we going to worry about his winger shooting? Are we going to put his center coming down the middle with center lane drive? 
it's it's like you said it's it's refreshing to see him come up and be able to get this sort of point total this goal total i said the same thing man i'm right there with you i feel like he's at a 30 goal mark uh with the right players on this team and a healthy season and you know what Maybe we see that next year, and we're all happy for it, and, and he's able to get maybe 30, 20, hit 50 points, hit a career high. I really hope that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, like I said, if, if as long as they don't drastically change the style or if they tweak it in a way to improve it, uh, this team is far more committed to creating offensive pressure, turnovers, and you know quick plays. And when they can turn it over in the offensive zone, someone with a quick – an accurate shot like Silverberg can absolutely go ahead and uh, capitalize on some of those turnovers. This damn chat, dude, I can't get away from it. It says, <laughs> uh, yeah, peak Ryan Kessler once scored on Jason. Once. Jason wasn't there, though. And then and then uh, Enrique says, I have heard of that legendary story. Amazing. So yeah. you, you yeah, were he constantly. He once, and then I made a voodoo doll, and I put a bunch of pins in his hip. <laughs> <laughs> brutal no but i mean i guess the only thing like i said about the about the uh the, the silverberg contract is that it's not his contract it's that it got added to the pile of other contracts that probably just aren't great um you can't but you can't just go well we have all these other bad ones so we can't pay this guy what he's going to be worth and and, and no you know, the, what the, it, the miss is that you don't move anyone else out i mean cam fowler's contract kicks in at a, at a heavy rate uh, you sign Henrique to a long-term contract. He's at the same age as Silverberg. That's tough. That's tough for me. I, 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 they, I just kind of wish there was money. Coglianos. They are moving out on Montours, uh, and then you know that that frees up some of the space. Uh, but you're going to have to have guys like Silverberg in the lineup. And yeah, you're going to have some of the older players with higher contracts that don't look so great now, other than Getzloff. And who knows? Maybe they, like we said, buy out Kessler. They buy out Kessler. There's some more space to bring in those other guys. But a lot of those younger players coming in are on entry level contracts and will be for the next couple of years until those older contracts come off the books, anyways. So at this point, he's good for transition. I think it could even be good after that as taking over into the, you know, the young 30s, you know, where, you know, Getzloff and Perry were a couple of seasons ago. He could be at that point by the time some of those other contracts start to become the second year con or the second contracts and those pay, you know, the, uh, the salary starts going up for some of those guys. So I don't see them in a bad spot signing him. Henrique, meh, we'll see where he can go. Once again, I, I'm more optimistic that uh, he'll do better under a new system as well. So. Let's we'll see where that goes with him. You're right because I feel like yep. those guys are very much available across the league. A guy who can put 40, 45 points up as a center, third line center. I think those guys are more available than we think, and I think yeah, that but... I think that him moving off is not that big of a deal. But they decided to sign him long term is kind of tough. That's also blind too. You don't know. I mean, you could see a guy do something great with one team and one system and go like, oh, well, he's doing the same thing here. We'll sign him for less and just plug him in and it should work. And sometimes it doesn't. So if you know you've got something that you can probably rely on as far as goal production and you count on that then and it's worked in the system, then you can just stay with it. I mean, I, I don't mind it at all. I mean, you're going to have to pay those guys at some point. All right, let's talk about one more player here before we get to uh, is it me NHL ish news. It's not you. You're not in the chat anymore. They they say they stopped talking about you. <laughs> so Sad. let's get to tonight's game stats real quick. The best line when it comes to five on five play. If you're looking at scoring chances, you're looking at shots for so the the dreaded Corsi number that people don't like. The best <gasps> line tonight, my friend, was on the NH or on the Anaheim Ducks Twitter as the fourth line. It was Max Jones, Derek Grant, and Carter Rowney. 
And we've seen Carter Rowney and Derek Grant at the bottom before and not have Jones as a winger and not have this much production. I think I think Max Jones is one of those guys very much like Andre Kasha, where you can move him up and down the lineup and that line produces and is dangerous. It, it's, it's refreshing to see. I wish he had a, be- a better luck, as I'd already said. But <laughs> yeah. it's nice to see his line lead in the offensive stack category. Yeah, uh, a lot like Kasha, he creates his own chances. And that's something that uh, is is a, a rarity um, for the most part. That that creates a – when someone does that, they're a dynamic player. You hear that term people use is a dynamic player. That just basically means someone that can create chances out of seemingly nothing or just out of their own will to to make plays happen, own creativity, uh, and how, how they play the game. Kasha's that way. Uh, gets left to a degree is, but he's not really kind of the shooting type. He creates plays through passes. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, the, the Kasha's and the Max Jones, they're very similar in that uh, they just need the puck. They'll use their speed and their creativity and they create their own chances. And so whatever line you put them on, you know, if they develop chemistry, that's great. But even if they don't, he's guaranteed to create something, even if there's not a whole lot there. The other thing that I like that the Ducks do is they, they're now not trying to match up lines where maybe Jones would be buried in the third or fourth line and it's have just to gonna stay get there. To they're, gonna, they're rolling four lines, usually equal, you know, unless someone's having a really great game, then they kind of give, you know, whoever, whatever line's having a great you know, game, they might give them a few more minutes. But now this team isn't so worried about matching up forward lines anymore. It's just roll four lines, and they do a little bit of matchup with the D because that's kind of important. But the, the offense will just roll, so who cares? Yeah, they, they led. They had nine minutes and 40 seconds, five on five for the whole game. There was plenty of penalties here. The Ducks took a lot of them. Yeah, uh, so they were took some. <laughs> yeah, he, took, he did take one, which I thought was a BS call. But he did yeah. lead. His line led in possession. They led in shots four with six. And they also led in scoring chances four, which is eight to four, and high danger chances they led three to one. So this guy's getting production everywhere. His wherever he goes, his line is better for it. He's one of those players that elevates his line mates. So that's positivity to derive out of this game. And the other part of it that I want to talk about is Cam Fowler. Uh, I've given that guy so much flack, especially this season. <laughs> Parts of last season have been tough for him. Ever since that move away from Brandon Monster that Randy Carlisle failed to see was a working pair, he oh, yeah. was forever just, just I don't know, shot Lost. into a black hole. The <laughs> yeah. guy just didn't know what was going on. Bob Murray takes over, pairs him with uh, Gooley. He and Gooley have a great pairing. And now lately he's been paired with Jacob Larson. And tonight yeah. they were the best defensive pair. And yeah. many times you see it's, as Bob Murray said, it's, it's Hampus Lindholm and Josh Manson. Tonight against a team where they they were outscored six to one, and this is at even strength. But Cam Fowler and Jacob Larson played a very steady game tonight, an impressive game for both of them, and maybe it has something to do with him moving into his off wing. Uh, yeah, so his offside for a defenseman. I, I've never understood that, like, because you know we're we're very heavy on one side of the defense, and everyone's like, well, well, we're heavy on this side, but we, we don't have a lot over here. I'm like, we'll just just switch them, put put one guy on the other side. It, it's it shouldn't be that big of a deal, uh, but it seems to be you know a real big thing. Like, it's that backhand back- effect. Like, I can't drag the puck off the wall on my backhand I think easily. These guys, yeah. Yeah, but these guys are world class, and you think. I just I I can't imagine that they would struggle so mightily being on their backhand or their offhand. And if anything, it might create a little bit of you know uniqueness or you know um, anyone forechecking. 
might have to play it a little bit differently or might have to second guess what they're doing. It's not so robotic and it creates a little bit of chaos, uh, but maybe a controlled chaos. So I've, I've never had a, a problem moving people around just, you know, whatever side ends up working, you know, if everyone does it one way, do it another way and see if that creates any sort of difference. I feel like for Cam Fowler, why it helps so much, honestly, Jay, is because he's a good skater. He's a really good skater. So if he grabs the puck on his backhand, he can pivot backwards. He can pivot when he's skating laterally. He can, he can slash skate through the neutral zone, out with the puck. He's he's really good at outlet passes and exiting the zone. So to a player who's really has those strong suits defensively, when you put him on his offside, all you're really doing is opening up his offensive game. I, I was explaining this to my kid tonight. I mean, I was like, look, when you're, co down, when you're heading down the middle of the ice and your stick is facing the slot... That opens up all kinds of dangerous chances for you. And I think for Cam Fowler, him being an offensive defenseman, that really just placates towards his game. And it makes him more comfortable to be able to do those sorts of things offensively. And he's such a good skater, it helps him out defensively. So him being suspect earlier this year is tough because all of a sudden you make this slight slight, uh, slight switch, rather, and you put him with a guy who's defensively sound or plays a better defensive game in Jacob Larson, all of a sudden Cam Fowler doesn't look so bad. Yeah, uh, that's one thing. And when the, you know your your stick is uh, on your forehand is more into the middle of the ice, uh, for someone like Cam Fowler, it you know it, it would be plays that where if his if his forehand was on you know the uh, the wall. If you start getting in danger, you start feeling like you're being pinched, you just throw it up the wall and you get rid of it. If you're in the middle and you get that, you can create deception. You could go to your backhand, but you could also cut back to the middle and then just jump out in the, you know, and, and create a, an offensive play or a rush. Because he's so quick and skilled in skating and stick handling, that maybe gives him or you know, his, his first thought is not necessarily to just get rid of it up the boards because that's all he's really got. It's, oh, I can jump to the middle and I can move around. I might be able to create uh, some space for me and everyone else. But I also think that the style that the Ducks play has also changed. They've been given the green light to jump in, to pinch in, uh, to keep the pucks in the zone. Where uh, before it was, hey, get get the hell out of there. Make sure we don't get beat back. And that was it. You know, So I think uh, – when forwards or defensemen, even Larson and I saw Magna in there, uh, you know, almost down to the, the goal line trying to create offense. You wouldn't have seen that under the Carlisle system. It's It's been a completely different philosophy. Moving Fowler to the middle gives him more of that opportunity to move around and utilize that skating and offensive side. He still sucks on defense. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> he was, he was going to suck on defense, whether he was on the left or right side or how they play. He's, he's not a good defender, but you know that going in. We just didn't have any offense to, to really validate how useful he could be. So it's nice to see him at least do that, create good passes and great chances. Yeah, I mean, Ian Larson were out there for 14 shots for and two shots against five on five. That's mm-hmm. really impressive numbers. They really yeah. were able to keep the puck out of their zone. So kudos to Cam and Jacob for doing that. I'm really impressed with Cam's game lately, and which is a nice sight heading into the offseason. Before we get to the – we only have a couple of fan questions, which is, you know – to be expected considering the Ducks with such a great game <laughs> tonight. I'm surprised we have any. <laughs> so, Capo Caco broke the under-18 goal-scoring record in the SM Liga League in Finland. Mm-hmm. Is this something that changes your opinion? I don't know how strong you were on a Jack Hughes or a Capo Caco, 
But there's a lot of hype going on behind Kako now where he's going to be the number one pick. He's the goal scorer now, right? He's the guy who's breaking the scoring record. This is a lot like the Patrick Laine austin Matthews argument. Yeah, I was just right? going to say that. The, yeah. the Finland versus America, one and two. Matthews won that one. Uh, any, any thoughts on this? I know you're not a big international prospect guy, but I wanted your take. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, like you said, I don't know really. Prospects just aren't really my thing, just mostly because you can, you can go, oh, my God, look at this prospect. And I, I go, okay, yeah, well, I'll be happy when I see him playing against NHLers. And, yeah, he's close to that and he's doing well. But once you get to the NHL, it can be a completely different thing. And even in the minors, they can be killing the minors. And you see him jump up and try and play in the NHL, and they struggle. I mean, Nick Rich is one of those people where he just he was just so good in the minors, you just couldn't keep him there anymore. But he's never really transferred that to the NHL level. So I'm always you know, skeptical one way or the other. I leave it up to whatever scouts tend to think. Uh, I think you probably don't lose one way or the other with either one of them. Those are pretty much the two that seem like they're going to step into the NHL out of the draft. Everyone else may be good, but maybe not ready to make that step. So I don't think you really lose one way or the other. I think it's been Hughes for so long that it probably stays that way. Uh, and because uh, Hughes is also a center, uh, people love centers. And you can build around centers a lot easier than you can build around a winger. So uh, for those reasons, I think he probably still stays in first unless he has a big-time drop-off or, you know, something else comes up where he loses value. Yeah, you know what? I, w- I would say the same thing, too, just because I'm American. And yeah. I, I go Team America on this one here. I'm going to say <laughs> that uh, Jack Houston remains the one overall. And honestly, I don't really care. Let's be real about that. Yep. But yep. Uh, it'd be nice to see either one of them in a Anaheim Ducks jersey come next season. Uh, by the way, on Twitter, you got more love, my friend. Someone photoshopped ah. your face <laughs> into body armor, and you look drunk in this picture. And it well, says, is, Jason, definitely a picture of me. <laughs> Jason Lamb on his way to stop Thanos. You're that good of a goalie <laughs> that you've joined the Avengers in order to stop Thanos here. Uh, uh, yeah, so yeah thank- you, see, you see my uh, trailer just dropped. It did. It did just drop. It looks good. I can't wait to see it. Uh, Captain Marvel, go see it. It's amazing. Um, Screw the fanboy haters. But let's get. Let's talk about Avengers Endgame. Oh, I know. But I'm saying, like, just go see Captain Marvel first and then go see Endgame. You get the uh, the extra little trailers of the M Plus. That movie was good. I'm glad someone spent time on uh, Photoshop of me. (laughs) It was very quick. It was one of our listeners who was listening in Spreaker chat. It was Gordon Bombay. Bombay's in here. Uh, I'll have to return the favor. He said he was going to darken it since Jason is so effing pale, but not worth it to open it up a second time. Um, <laughs> Quite pale. <laughs> <laughs> let's go here. Let's see. We've got to get to a, a question or two to wrap the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we didn't have that many due to the Ducks being so brutally awful. But we did get a couple. Ricky Bradley says, can we just bench Ryan Getzloff, Nick Ritchie, and Adam Henrique? And Fowler, Jesus, he went on long there, <laughs> for the power play and put Jones, Lindholm, Strong, oh, and okay. Rowney out instead. That power play was suspect tonight. I kind of agree with yeah. his with his uh, you know his anger towards that power play. They were standing around like you stand around all day. It's like all these shots were coming from the the, the very typical spots on a power play, which is really hard to watch. Honestly, they probably should have mixed it up. Yeah, and me and you uh, were lucky enough uh, to go to the breakfast uh, at Honda Center. So a little bit of insight with what Bobby's Bob Murray brunch said. Brunch breakfast. Yeah. Brunch breakfast. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a whole lot of bees. 
but he said, um, you know, they have two power plays and one that should be the top power play isn't. And uh, he was basically calling out his top power play unit. And he basically said that the new, the way the NHL is now is you have to have movement. You've got to constantly be moving. And pretty much he's calling out the first power play unit as one that doesn't move. They, they pass the puck, but there's no movement as far as feet movement. Very rarely do you see them interchange or, or create, you know, um, disruption in the penalty kill or confusion. So they are very easy to defend. So the second power play unit really is our top one and the one that will probably be producing most of the chances until those guys kind of figure it out or they get a power play specialist in there to get it through their head. But yeah, I agree. As far as the power play goes, uh, I'd be fine watching them play second power play minutes. That was brutal to watch. It was yeah. a really, really rough power play there. Mm-hmm. I had to agree with Ricky Bradley and you on that one. And then the final question of the night, um, actually, we don't have one. So that was the only there, there question <laughs> we got for the entire night because, uh, well, let's just be honest, guys. The Ducks didn't play a great game, and we know where this team is heading, and we appreciate you guys joining us, whether it is a rainy day or sunny day. And lately, there have been a lot of rainy days here in Anaheim when it comes to uh, winning games. But we all know it's all about the weather. in good faith because we're going yeah. to the top pick, right? We're all hoping for yeah. that. Probably not going to get it, but it's still fun to watch. A um, couple things on that. Nope. We're going to do a live stream on April 9th, for the, uh, which is going to be funny or sad. Draft. Or sad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the draft lottery, we're going to be doing yeah. that live, which would be a goodie. Um, yeah. Are we doing it somewhere, or are we doing it in-house? Um, do we not know yet? Some of our Patreon people want to go somewhere and watch it, which we could definitely do. Or we could do it over Twitch. We could do it over wherever. But uh, anyway, yeah. we're going to be covering it, whether it's live or whether it's recorded. We will be or drinking. In person. Yeah, we'll be doing that. <laughs> we'll be doing one of those three or all of them, uh, most likely. Yes. But as I said, we have a watch party, everybody, next Saturday on March 23rd over at Craftsman Pizza over off Imperial La Palma. I'm meeting with their general manager on Saturday to talk about uh, menu options to see what we could do. He was very open to that idea. I'm trying to and like I'm trying to secure a, a seating area in there to make sure yeah. we have a certain number of seats. So that's that's the big that's the big hurdle here. Is to, I want to ensure everyone has a space since we yeah, had quite a few people RSVP. Uh, yeah. We're trying to hit around 30. It looks pretty good. So that's what we're going to be going to bat there with uh, when I talk to them on Saturday. And also CoolHockey.com. CoolHockey.com gives away yes. a free jersey to any of you who participate in our Forever Mighty uh, FM3 Stars, which Eddie puts out every game 45 minutes before the, sh- the game starts. He gives you three questions to answer before the game. Get those in. He tallies the points at the end of the year. You want a free jersey. They're legit. Month, end of the month. End of the month. Sorry. You're right. End yeah. of the month. They're legit. They're not from China. They're not from yes. Russia. It's not a knockoff. They're legit threads. They're killer. They customize them for you. They're badass. Yes. And you yeah, know we've, what? We've seen them in person. Uh, some of our winners have come to our watch parties, and they are they the legit. So it's it sounds like a weird uh, um, uh, website, like cool hockey, like you would think, but it's it's hundred percent on on par. Yeah, and you know we've always said that hey maybe we should just game it and win them our win them ourselves, but because uh, yeah. they're that good, <laughs> but we don't. Accounts. We give them away, like as, <laughs> as we should. And then also yeah. we have a Patreon, as that I also mentioned. If you want to hear us talk about hockey and other things and have fun, we have a Discord chat where you're able to talk about BS. And we're already planning a goals playoff trip here with our Patreon uh, people. 
Uh, if you're a listener and want to join that, by the way, hit us up on Twitter. We'll gladly uh, you know, get you in on that. But we're talking about all kinds of stuff in there. People were recommending dinosaur movies to Jason the other day, which is ridiculous because he's at home. <laughs> well, because I've seen them all. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's seen them all. He's like, trying to find new ones now. He's out. Yeah. He, he's seen them all a hundred yes. times. Damn but we, we talk about all kinds of things in there. Plus our Patreon bonus shows. We do a rant show where we rant about hockey topics. We do a Q&A with you listeners. We do a top ten breakdown. And then we do a Pucks and Brews. More like an NHL show, but we all drink and have a good time. But either way, it's a great way for you guys to contribute back to the show and us to contribute back to you. All the money and proceeds goes back to the show. And I know I'm a little long-winded on this, but let's be honest here. It's the end of the season. And, I'm so tired uh, of you being We're just honest. trying to put you this You said, out. let's be honest, like 80 times. I'm trying to hit the 100-time mark. <laughs> so if I can say it 20 more times, <laughs> I'll be good. It's like so, you're getting paid like a dollar every time you say it. It's annoying. $1.50. Um, <laughs> but that's it for us tonight, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining in on Spreaker. Sorry there was no YouTube. I don't have a PC because I'm, I don't know, I'm not a moron. I have a Mac like a normal human being. Eddie's got the PC. <laughs> I can't run OBS, which is I can't run Twitch. I can't run YouTube, so... It is but let's it is. be honest, why would you want to? See, there's the let's be honest. That's perfect. <laughs> well, have a good night, guys. We'll talk to you all tom- oh, Jesus, tomorrow night. We have a game tomorrow yeah. night against the Colorado Avalanche. So we'll see you guys then. Have a great night. Bye, guys.